Hi guys, welcome back to the original Judo Pod. It obviously is the first one in a while, um, recording it during the, the Grand Prix in Budapest. Just going to be a short one today. You know, like everyone else, I've watched the return like a few times now of Teddy Renner to the mat last weekend. Um, it got me thinking it might be fun to talk about how how he may be gets beat you know obviously he's for what it's worth you know he's not double olympic champion 10 time world champion for for nothing you know he, he came back last weekend after a long layoff and still was able to you know fairly handily beat some of the very best in the world um been catching up with his matches through the week you know i was i've, I've i was i was impressed by his performance by what he could achieve you know after such a long break from competition um but i think Certainly the first time watching them, I was left a little uninspired. I think I maybe got too caught up, too excited for his return and forgot what kind of fighter he could be. And obviously by that, I mean he's a he's an incredible tactician. But sometimes that can make some of his matches a little slower. Um, watching it back a couple of times, I think it was a great performance. You know, I don't, th- I don't know if there was an element of ring rust. You know, he's up against some of the the best guys in the world, three in the world top 20, two in the world top 10. I do think it was a, a typical Teddy performance, you know, safety first, massive on on, on the gripping, um, controlling the fights. And um, particularly in the bigger matches, you know, semi-final and final, Kapalik and Harasawa. I, I, I agree with what a lot of people have said, you know, he was lucky not to get penalised for inactivity. But, you know, I do think they, and they talk about this in boxing a lot, you know, he he is the king, he is the best, and neither of those guys really did enough to kind of take that, take that title. I think, I think watching again, we, we, you see the blueprint there on how to beat him. I'm going to talk a little bit about that, uh, for, for, you know, for what it's worth, how I think, how I think, how I see him getting beaten. And, and who the guys pushing him are going to be. So, I'm sure everybody looks at him and thinks he's he's going to be physically amongst the strongest on the mat in the heavyweight division. I think reducing him just to his strength like does him a massive disservice. For me, he is by far and away the best gripper in the weight category. If not across, you know, all of judo. You know he's he's so good at delivering his his grip patterns, his game plan in that respect, and then at sticking to them when it gets a little bit chaotic. I guess what I mean by that is, you know, during the mayhem, during you know when the when the grip fight's getting intense, when people are attacking, I think he's he's better at sticking to what he does well. You know, he, he keeps fighting for that grip. He never. He never really gives up on it, um, trying something new, something easier, you know, and you, you see that a lot. You see guys who would take a, a left-handed grip because they've been outgripped right, or they take a right-handed grip because they've been outgripped left, um, but he always sticks to his guns. If he can't get his grip, he fights his way out of the situation and goes back to it, and I think there's like a few great examples from the weekend. I think particularly his second round match against Simonescu, Romania, you know, this is a guy who outweighs Teddy. He's huge. You know, he, he's, he almost matches him for size, um, the Romanian. 
and in the early part of the contest, you know, it's a relatively easy, even match. You know, both of them are going for this right-handed grip. They're both pinning the sleeve. But for me, the match changes when, you know, Teddy starts to win those gripping exchanges. Instead of, of fighting back for the sleeve, fighting back to get back to right-handed, Simonescu starts to settle for a left-handed grip. He starts to, then he starts to go much more quickly for that left-handed grip. And that kind of snowball avalanche effect, um, you know, Teddy starts finding it easier to win the exchanges. The other thing is gripping does for him is it, it allows him to control the momentum of a match. You know, if he's if he's in trouble and he can get two hands on, he can slow things down, he can control his opponent, he can make himself comfortable, you know, breaking up his opponent's momentum. He, he, he uses it to create opportunities. He uses it to, to create pressure. Uh, and and you, you see it time and again. Once he's got two hands on, his opponents almost stop working because they, well, I'm assuming they feel they can't. And then that's when he starts to build Shido's on them. I think certainly in the, the, the last two matches, you do see him change his gripping pattern. Um, I'm talking loads about grips here, you know, but I think it's so important to his judo, to, to everybody's, but so important to his I think the times he does change, it's because he's decided to, you know, he's changing the pace he fights at, not because his opponents forced him to. Again, the final against Harasawa was a great example. During normal time, he, he's used his kumikata to control, nullify what's happening in the match. Um, if he gets out grips, he fights back and gets back into the exchange and he, he never settles for a second best grip. As that kind of golden sp- score approaches as it goes into golden score he ups the ante a little bit he starts taking more risks throwing the arm over deep and and creating a change of pace you know and and that for me is what created the the scoring opportunity i think on top of his strength on top of his kumikawa is gripping you've also got to think about his ability to throw you know he's he is an explosive thrower he's not the biggest thrower in the category um might be the georgian one of the brazilians um but he's so good at forcing athletes to change, to change what they do. And that's where opportunities come. And then on, on top of that, when he changes pace, he's not afraid to to have a go at attacking. So, yeah, how do you beat him? <laughs> I'm sure, you know, everyone, everyone going in has a plan and... Uh, at the weekend again, you saw Harasawa probably came close. Kapalik probably came close. But again, for me, there's a few different things that you probably have to do. The first step, you know, you, you, you've got to be able to fight at pace. He likes to settle. He likes to be in control. Um, and the fact he likes that slow pace, you know, he does pick up Shido's. Um, against semi-final final again he, he has periods of inactivity and in, in both fights he picks up a couple of Shidos in order to, to be active to keep the pace going you need to keep those gripping exchanges short and active Kapalik probably did it best you know when he was aggressive he's attacking with hands on early in the contest um, really similar to, to that kind of Korean style of judo you see maybe at the lighter weights um, I think it's probably evolved to to combat that really settled Japanese style. I think if you're going to beat Teddy, uh, it's it's probably going to be like a hit and run, attack and disengage, because those long exchanges give him a chance to settle. You know, and and Tushishvili as well. 
in the past, you know, he's, he's put him under a lot of pressure by keeping those exchanges short and active. And I do think that's where he's he's probably most vulnerable. Probably as well, to beat him, you're going to need to be a lefty. He's he's so comfortable on the grip against right-handers, um, even against the best in the world. I can't I can't really see him being beaten. Um, against Harasawa, there are times Harasawa can, can apply pressure, can... Uh, build the grippy exchanges, can can lead the fight. I don't ever think Teddy looks in trouble. Whereas he he looks more vulnerable against lefties. Uh Kapalik at the weekends, uh both his fights against Toshishvili. If you if you want to go a little bit further back, uh maybe as far as Rio, um I'm sure Sasson, the Israeli fights both sides. I think he, he surprised him maybe the or almost surprised him with a drop left Marotti. You know, so there's there's guys out there who do, I think, have the style to potentially beat him. Putting it together is is a different matter, obviously. Um, who's it? Who's it going to be? I did say I'd talk about that, and I do. I do think he gets beat by Tokyo. You know, I'd love to see him win Tokyo because I think it'd be a great legacy for for judo. But. You know, potentially he's going to come up against two or three guys who have the styles to to cause him trouble. Mentioned two of them already: Tushishvili, the Georgian Kapalik, the the Czech player. They're probably the most likely to do it. Um, we saw the Georgian looking phenomenal at the European Games uh, a few weeks ago, and um, we also saw how ka- close Kapalik can get at the weekend. I've already said I don't think Harasawa can beat him. You know, Teddy's too good and comfortable against right-handers, um, too comfortable against that Japanese style and that that slow pace of the match that I think Harasawa wants to fight at. I think that suits Teddy. And I know in their contest, contest Harasawa did apply pressure, but I think his instinct is to fight a lot a lot slower. I think, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a couple of Russians out there who, who fight a good pace, uh, Bashiev and Tassiev. I think they're both physically on the small side. I think they're, com- comparatively to Teddy, I think they're both right-handers. I can't see either of them being n- enough of a threat. I, I, you know, they're the kind of guys I see him relatively simply outgripping during the match. Um, struggling to think of other names. Ah, oh, the, the the last person, I, yeah, who, who may be able to, to, to push him a little bit, although it might be early, is the young Korean, Kim, the cadet world champion. He won Ho Hot Grand Prix relatively recently, you know, and he, he looked impressive winning Ho Hot. Uh, he beat two Olympic champions that day. He beat Naidan in the final and he beat Kapalik in the semi-final. Um, he's, you know, the match against Kapalik, he, Kapalik looked relatively comfortable, but you know, uh, again, the the Korean he's a left-hander. He's he's relatively active. He fights at pace. He he gets hands-on attacks. It, he he has that typical Korean style. He doesn't want to stay in those long exchanges. Again, relative to Teddy though, he he might have quite a small frame. And again, at eighteen, he's he's he just won the Cadet Worlds. He's he's quite still quite inexperienced at that level. You know, he can obviously do it. He, he won the Grand Prix, um, but it will be a big step. Obviously, uh, 
if you haven't been watching, check out Budapest this weekend. Wrapping this up now, guys. Um, ah, yeah, check out Danny Williams' blog. He's, he's back blogging again. He's back in competition. You know, he's writing about his journey. So he was in Montreal. He's won a fight this weekend in in Budapest. So check it out. He always writes something good, something interesting. Uh, but yeah, guys, please subscribe. You know, find me on Twitter. I might tweet about this. <laughs> and uh, catch you soon. <laughs>